0: Oh come on let's praise him let's worship him all across the building somebody dance somebody shout you are a mighty holy righteous god and we glorify you oh come on it's feeling good in the house of god Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord and let's give them a shout of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of God here tonight. How many's excited to be in church? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 28. Now, I've been ready and uh, prepared to teach. And I've been, by, I've been here at the church praying, and I felt like God just started nudging me uh, another direction here tonight. So uh, praying that God would bless us with his word in Jesus' name. Uh, that's one thing I, I love about Wednesdays. You never know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. I want to say publicly uh, thank you to everyone that helped with VBS. I know I didn't get a chance to say a whole lot on Sunday, Uh, For all those that came and helped decorate, set up, tear down, watch kids, bus them in, Uh, hallelujah, let's give them a hand, especially the Rodriguez family, now they let me know. Uh, pastor, we're a little tired uh, and 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 typically uh, being tired is no excuse to miss church but for them, in this last few weeks, I said, you guys go ahead and take a siesta, you nap whatever you got to do, they said, don't worry, we'll be listening online, so brother and sister Rodriguez we love you and we honor you here at ARC, amen hallelujah, how many enjoyed the revival we had with the Claiborns? hallelujah amen, I want to say that uh, it was wonderful to have them. We listened to each and every service, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, even with, with all that happened on that Sunday, uh, still people prayed through the Holy Ghost. People prayed back through, and uh, we're looking forward to having a talk with him, uh, and we're looking at his schedule. We're looking maybe to have him back in October uh, when their schedule will allow, and we'll just but we'll just break forth into revival. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. And uh, Acts chapter 28, one more, two more quick announcements. I want to say how grateful I am to what God did this Sunday with our kids. Uh, brother and sister Hodge really blessed us uh, here, and uh, him and I are in contact. We're going we're gonna to probably do another, another children's church day here in the new, near future. And uh, I, just, I just felt so good about it. And, 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 you know, it was a big step for some of those kids, some of the tears coming down their face. Uh, these are kids that come from broken homes, busted backgrounds that have never been to church before. And, and they came, and some of them was first time, and they, were, they came to the altar and they started praying. And I want to say how powerful that was. Uh, and I'm just believing that we're going to continue in that with our kids. Amen. And then one final announcement before I forget. It's good to see Sister Linda back in the house of God. Amen. She's been taking care of her mom in Bakersfield, and it's good to see you. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. Acts 28 and 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer in whom... Though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. The Bible says that Paul gathered some sticks together, laid them on the fire, and a viper came out. And he shook the beast into the fire and felt no harm. And I want to preach us for a few moments on this subject. Fuel your fire. Fuel your fire. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across the building? Come on, let's lift up our voice. Lord, we worship you. We thank you. Hallelujah for what we already feel in this house. Praying, Lord, that you would help me to minister grace to the hearers, God, here tonight, that your word would break every yoke of bondage in Jesus' wonderful name. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor and tell him, fuel your fire and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before I forget, I want to say thank you to everyone that held down the fort while my wife and I were out preaching for my father-in-law. And and, uh, we we tried to, uh, we made it up in our mind when we came to Carson to not miss very much church uh, because we love being in church and we love being home. Uh, but sometimes you got to go see the in-laws or they become outlaws. Amen. But we had wonderful, powerful church over there. We prayed for a man. We've said this a few times. He was completely blind. And after getting done praying for him, he started, his sight has been coming back. And every time we get a report about him, his sight is getting better and better and better. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. I felt to preach this year tonight, and God kind of started developing in my spirit, fueling or fuel... Your fire the Bible lets us know that Paul is on his way to Rome and it is there that he is going and it is by the plan and the hand of God the will of God that he is going to testify there and he is going to let the Word of God be known and it's going to be made manifest just as God originally called him there was many reasons that God called Paul but one of the one of the reasons is he said that I have called you to be a minister And I have called you to testify before kings and before magistrates and to let my word get into the very upper echelons of society. And it is here that Paul is now seeing the fulfillment of his original call that stopped him on a Damascus road all those years prior. And they have taken him, and he is a prisoner. A lot of people don't know how they're going to get to the will of God, but sometimes you get to the will of God in shackles and in chains. Can I preach to somebody? Uh, Sometimes the will of God is not a bunch of bunnies and fluffy cakes. Sometimes the will of God is when things get tough and things get hard. Amen. But he's on his way to do the will of God, and he's shackled up and he's chained on this boat. And while he's on this boat, there comes forth a tempestuous wind and it begins to beat against the boat. And this is something that is very common to where they are. But this was no ordinary storm, for the Bible lets us know that this storm was named. And I don't have time to talk about that here today, but they called the storm Eurachlodon. That is the nature of humanity right there. When we have storms and when we have trouble, we will name those storms. We'll talk about Katrina, Ice Storm 96. Uh, they will talk about Hurricane Irene. And, and they will go and talk about all of the names, and we will name the storms. And, and let me just put a plug out there for people that have been through things that are so hard and so difficult that you look back on your life, and that year of your life is forever named and forever marred and forever scarred by what you've been through. Can I preach to somebody, uh, it's not time to slap a name uh, on your storm and say, well, uh, that's where I died and that's where everything went wrong. Uh, Can I tell you, if you're still standing here today, uh, that is a memorial. That is a testimony. I should have been dead. I should have gone in that car wreck. Everything should have gone down. I should have been broke. But can I preach to you not about the storm, but about the God that brought me out of the storm? I know a lot of people that can name all the things that have ever gone wrong in their life. They talk to you and you talk for about five minutes and they'll tell you well back in 2004 back in 2008 back when everything went wrong and the economy crashed and they will look back on the worst thing that's ever happened to them and they will look as if longingly as if they wish it would have never happened and they glorify the storm and they glorify the tempestuous wind but my Bible never says we are to glorify trials and troubles, but we are to glorify our Father which is in heaven. Oh, somebody do that for a moment. Somebody praise Him that you are still standing, that you are still alive, that you still got breath in your body. Hallelujah. But Paul goes through this on his way to Rome to do the will of God. Can I help somebody? Storms don't always come as a result of being out of the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, we really only know of one storm for certain that somebody was out of the will of God, and that was Jonah. Jonah. And God said, I'm going to turn you around, and you're going to go back to Nineveh. But just about every other storm you see in the Bible, they were doing the will of God. You want to talk about Job? It was God that looked at the devil and said, have you considered my servant Job? You've been looking around for somebody to test and somebody to tempt, but have you even tried Job? And God put everything that was in his hand and put it in the hand of the enemy and said, just spare his life. I want to tell you, that storm came as a result of Of the will of God. And here is Paul trying to do the will of God. And that storm comes along and beats against the ship. He's just trying to go to Rome. Just trying to do the will of God. You cannot allow what you're going through to cause a misunderstanding of what God is sending you towards. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Somebody lift up your voice and let's talk to him. It's not time to misunderstand what you've been through or what you've gone through. you got to see it properly. It's the will of God. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray, God ain't mad at you. God hasn't given up on you, and God's not done with you. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. He's got a reason. He's got a purpose. It might be a detour, but it's from God. There, he goes through a storm, and it is a result of obeying the will of God. Hallelujah. Anybody ever been there where you're just doing the will of God, and along comes trouble? And along comes struggles. And there's a lot of people that miss this. They start living for God and think everything's going to be peachy the minute they start serving God. I got baptized. I got the Holy Ghost. Now everything's going to just be wonderful. And it is at that moment where things don't get better. They actually get a little bit worse. And they're trying to figure it out. How did things get a little bit worse in this season and in this moment? I'll tell you why. Because the devil doesn't want you to do the will of God. Life does not want you to do the will of God. Your flesh does not want you to do the will of God. And yet there's got to be something inside of every believer that says, I will do the will of God regardless. So Paul is there on a boat and the storm is going. If that's not bad enough, all the soldiers get together and they realize this boat is going down. And they look to kill Paul and the other prisoners. He's on his way to do the will of God. He hits a storm. He hits a struggle. And now they're trying to eliminate him. When things get bad, sometimes they get worse. And now there's people that are trying to kill Paul. And Paul has done nothing wrong but do the will of God and sit there in chains and in shackles. He sat and endured the rain and the wind just like everybody else. In fact, probably worse because he felt every raindrop that hit as he was locked and not able to go anywhere. And yet now they're speaking of killing him. And the Bible says that the centurion decided we cannot kill him because he sought to save Paul's life. That even in the midst of the worst things, there's still some people that got your back. Even in the midst of things going wrong and getting worse, there's still some people that got your back. You got to remember those people that have got your back, even in the worst of things. And he says, set them free, and get them out of the boat, and they all are made to swim. They're made to swim into their own safety. Storms are often sink or swim. Can I help somebody? Life is not always fair. Trials are not always fair. Well, I wish that everything was just fair. It's not. And the minute that we give up that ideology that things have to be fair is the sooner we're going to be able to be happy with where we are. You know where discontentment comes from? The fact that we are not satisfied with where we are. But also it's this ideology. It's, it's setting an expectation that is unrealistic. And that unrealistic expectation, it leads to disappointment. And that disappointment allows a lot of people to start quitting and giving up and throwing in the towel. But can I tell you that sometimes things enter life and it's sink or swim, honey. It's not fair, but you got two options. You go down or you stay afloat and do everything you can oh i'm preaching real good to somebody honey you might feel tired but you paddle and you paddle well things might not have been fair and things might have happened but you keep your head above water and you push that water down oh somebody worship him oh somebody worship him come on let's magnify him Oh come on, I feel it. I feel it. There's some folks in the house of God. You've been waiting on your storm to be fair. Your troubles to be fair. They're not gonna be fair. You gotta swim, honey. You gotta swim. The Bible says they swam for it. And that boat began to break in pieces. Thank God for the people that got the revelation, they can't do it by themselves. Because the Bible says some were on boards. Of the ship. Some held on to those broken pieces and said, I can't do this by myself. I'ma hold on to something that kept me afloat for a long time. I'm gonna hold on to the very thing that has kept me above water. And they kept their board and their hand and they made it all the way
1: to the shore.
0: They made it there. They've been through a storm. Really, they've been through a hurricane. They were dashed against the rocks. There were jagged pieces of boards everywhere in the water. This boat is now going down. It's it's crashed along uh, uh, along the coastline. uh, And they have swam for their life using up every bit of energy they have. They now make it barely to the shore, some holding on to a board and others using every ounce of strength they have uh, to paddle and keep themselves above water. Uh, They are worn out. Uh, They are tired as all get out. Uh, They are cold uh, and they are soaking uh, wet. Anybody ever been there? You've been through it, been through it, been through it, and you keep going through it. And now after it's all said and done, you are tired, worn out. You are sore from whatever pains you endured. Who knows how many people have dashed against the rocks along with the crashing ship. They might be bruised. They might be cut. They might need stitches. They are cold and they are dripping wet. And now they are on an island that they don't know in the middle of nowhere and they feel absolutely lost after going through all of that. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm preaching to somebody right now. After all of that tired, cold, worn out, and absolutely soaking wet. And now, lost. Don't know what's going on, where I'm at. There was some barbarians there. (laughs) Thank God for some barbaric people. They're not all bad. Hallelujah. Met a few in my day. But they started a fire because they recognized There's a lot of rain out there. There's a lot of storms. There's a lot of things in life that aren't fair. But there's a lot of people that will come to your rescue even when things are not fair. And these barbarians can kindle a little fire and they began to try to help these men warm up. They didn't check whether they were soldiers or whether they were servants or whether they were prisoners. They just began to warm people up. Can I tell somebody that is the job of the church? We don't got to check people's credentials. We just got to warm people up because when they come through our doors, they might feel lost. They might feel busted. They might feel broken. They might be soaking wet and worn out from this world. But we've got to have a fire in the church that says, don't worry, honey. You come in here, we'll take care of you. You come in this house, we'll be waiting for you. Sometimes we might look a little barbaric in our worship, but we've got a fire kindled that will keep you warm in the toughest trial and in the darkest of nights. I want somebody to know there's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the church. There. got a fire kindled but Paul realizes this is too small of a fire and if we leave it the way it is it's going to go out there's still rain coming everywhere the storm never let up if I don't do something about this fire if I don't kindle it it will go out that is the exact same in every person's life if there is a fire of the Holy Ghost that is burning on the inside of you, amen. You've got to be the kind of individual that makes sure you tend to that flame. Because if you don't tend to that flame, it will go out. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but the next storm that comes through, and the next trouble that comes through, and the next rain that comes through, it'll put the last bit of fire you have out. But thank God for people like Paul, that said, I will not let this fire go to waste. I will not let this fire dwindle. I'm going to go and make sure something changes. Paul went out to gather some sticks. I want you to notice something. Paul didn't wait on nobody else. We can't wait on anybody else to tend the fire. We can't wait for the right song to come by and tend the fire. We can't wait for the right preacher to come by and tend the fire. We've got to get to the place that says, I'm not waiting on my neighbor or the usher in the back to tend the fire. I've got a personal investment and a personal responsibility. I've got people around here that need to be warm and need to, There's got to be somebody that catches the spirit of Paul that says, I will do it whether anybody else does or not. I will make sure this flame keeps on going. Oh, somebody magnify him. Oh, come on, let's magnify him. There's got to be some people that will not wait. Paul said, I'm not waiting on anybody else. This is not a responsibility that I will push off on anybody else. There are people here, Paul could have said, well, I've been through enough already. I've been through the struggle and I've been through the trial. Can I tell a good old wonderful church member, amen, I know that there's been hard times in your life. But if there's ever been a time for somebody like Paul that is a believer to stand up and tend that fire, it's right now. Can't wait on somebody else to do it. It's got to be somebody that says, I've weathered the storm, but the storm didn't finish me off, and it didn't kill me, and it didn't drown me. And I'm here. And I'm going to do something about this fire. So he goes out and he gathers some sticks. I want you to notice something. He did not grab the broken boards of the ship. He could have very easily said, well, Give me some of those boards you guys rode in on. I'm gonna take those and I'm gonna burn those in this fire. But you gotta realize, Paul understood, I gotta get to Rome still. I've still gotta get to my destination. And that ship that's dashed against the rocks, we still gotta rebuild that ship. We still gotta work. You can't get rid of things now that you're going to need later. It ain't time to burn things now and burn relationships and burn friendships. Oh, hallelujah, I'm preaching to somebody. It's not time to burn things that you need to float on later. It's time to stack those to the side and say we're going to use that. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. It ain't time to burn out some things that have got you this far. It's not time to burn your prayer life. It's not time to burn everything you, oh, hallelujah. It's not time to burn out your walk with God. If it got you all the way to shore, it'll get you all the way to the will of God. It's not time to get rid of it and throw it out. Honey, it's time to rebuild with it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. What you burn matters. What you burn matters. Don't burn out the things that God has put in your life to bless you. Don't burn those things. No. You keep those safe because you're going to need them later. There. He burns these sticks that he finds. In the midst of feeling lost. In the midst of going through trouble. In the midst of his struggle, he finds these logs. And he takes them over to the fire, doesn't wait for nobody else. And he puts them on the fire. And look how this works out. He's just trying to keep everybody warm. He's just trying to get everybody dry. And in that position of trying to kindle a fire, a serpent comes out of the out of the fire and out of the stack of wood that he just threw in the fire. And now that serpent's uncomfortable because it got heated up beyond what it was used to. And now it's leaping up, and now it's striking, and now it's latching. Can I tell you about your enemy, the devil? The minute you try to kindle that fire and tend that fire and things start to heat up in your spirit, that old devil is going to come up because it's too hot for him and he doesn't like it. anybody ever been there. You started praying in the midst of your trouble and in the midst of that, it gets a little hot of a prayer meeting and out of that prayer meeting, that old devil leaps up and begins to latch on the areas of your life. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Hallelujah, the devil will leave you alone as long as you're dripping cold and you're wet and nothing's going right and you're already downtrodden, you're already distraught and you're already depressed. But the minute you try to change it, the minute you try to kindle the fire, the minute you say, this ain't going to end my life, this ain't going to finish me, I've got somewhere to go, I've got to, Oh, somebody magnify him, somebody clap your hands and praise him. Come on, take about 30 seconds and magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. You got to turn up the heat. You know why a lot of people stay passive? You know why a lot of people stay passive? Because they know the minute I start activating my faith, I start doing something that is opposite of what I should do. I should just curl up in a ball and die. I should quit. I should give up because the the water, water seeks the path of least resistance. And that's how a lot of people are. The minute that things start going wrong, they just go with the flow and they let go, but not people like Paul. They say, I will not stay here and I will not die here. There's a lot of people that will stay passive because they know that things begin to heat up. Things somewhat seem like the enemy comes out of nowhere. And you start thinking things are getting better. And the devil tries one last time to discourage you. And the devil comes in one more time to try to venomize you. And the devil comes in one more time to inject his poison and to inject bitterness. But yet there's people that push through that anyway. There are people like Paul that say, I don't care what it is. I've got to put this in the fire because this fire can't go out. I don't care what i got to go through. This fire can't get out. I don't care what I've got to experience and what pain I've got to experience. This fire can't go out. I'll tell you why this fire can't go out. Because there's more than Paul riding on this fire. There's a bunch of other prisoners and there's a bunch of other soldiers and there's some crew members of the boat that are going to get him to Rome. And he made it up in his mind. I'm going to make sure every one of these guys gets all the way. This goes beyond me and this goes beyond you. Church, we gotta heat the flame. We've got we've gotta fuel the fire. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh Jesus. Oh, come on, let's pray. But what if the devil strikes? What if he does? doesn't matter. We've got people that need the fire. What happens if it gets worse? Who cares? We've got people that need the fire. Funny how the devil works. The minute that he began to put something in the fire and try to help somebody other than himself. The minute he got beyond himself and said, I will leave my comfort for just a moment like the preacher talked about on Sunday. I'm going to leave my comfort so I can bring comfort to everybody else. I'm going to step away from this flame for just a moment so I can get something to put into this flame. He stepped away and he put that on the fire and the serpent comes out of nowhere. That is exactly how the devil works. But I got news for somebody. You want to know something about your enemy? My Bible says Jesus looked at the devil. He looked at his his disciples and said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. He fell out of heaven as if it were lightning. And he plummeted down to the earth. And he hit the ground. And that old serpent, the devil, Genesis chapter 3, somehow curled himself up around a tree And begin to speak to a woman by the name of Eve. Can I tell you, the devil realizes, I've been cast down. And every time he realizes that, he tries to crawl his way up. And he tries to leap his way up. But I'm going to help somebody here tonight. The Bible says that the minute God got word, that it was that old serpent, the devil. He said, back on your belly you were sent down you were cast down you tried to come up but you're going back down Paul had a revelation this thing latched onto my hand but I'm not gonna leave it there and let it inject its poison into my spirit I'm gonna throw it I don't just fuel my fire with my struggles and with my troubles but I feel it with serpents too Every attack of the enemy, somebody's got to realize the devil would love nothing better than to get some people bitter. But other folks like Paul have a revelation. I'm not going to allow this enemy to leap up and think that that's his position where he's allowed to stay. Because my Bible says that when it's all said and done, God takes the devil and he throws him into a bottomless pit. in other words god's got news for the devil you're gonna fall and you're never gonna stop falling you might try to crawl up you might try to leap up you might try to attack the church but i got news for you we're just gonna throw you back down into the fire oh somebody clap your hands and magnify jesus We've got to learn the lesson that says, devil, you're going to attack when I try to heat things up. You better believe it. You try to make it up in your mind, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. Anybody ever been there? I'm going to be more consecrated than I've ever been. And it is always at that moment when somebody makes a declaration, I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to do something for the benefit of others. It is at that moment the devil will leap up and do his best to to get you bitter to get you discouraged. He'll try to inject you with his poison. But I've come to let somebody know, you've got to put him in his place. And that's right back down where he came from. And Paul took that serpent, and he threw him in the fire. When you're going through it, Paul could have said, you know what, I've been through enough. I've been through the storm. I've been through the struggle. I've been through it all. And now just trying to do something good. And now a serpents bit me. And he could have just given up right there. In fact, let me preach this for a moment. That's what everybody expected him to do. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody else expected him to do. The minute that serpent latched onto his hand, they said, this man is done for. Surely he's a murderer. Surely he's done something so wrong that even the storm would not let go, and even the serpent would not let go, and even life would not let go. Paul is going through his job moment, if you will, and it's there. Paul makes a decision. I can let this thing stay attached to my wrist, and I can allow it to finish me off, or I can do something about it. And Paul said, "I will not die with a serpent attached to my wrist." And he took that serpent, just like he did the sticks, and he threw it in the fire. Yeah. We can fuel our fire with more than just struggles and storms. We can fuel our fire with more than just the few little things that life sends our way. But with every attack of the enemy, it ought to be something. I'm going to tell somebody, as apostolic people, we are resilient. We are not the type of people that just quit and just give up every time the devil bites. No, we're the type of people that says, the more you bite me, the more you bite me, the more you attack my family, the more you attack my finances. The... I've got something in my nature that says you're going in the fire too. i got something in my nature that says I will not allow this to finish me off. Somebody lift up your hands So let's pray. Let's stand and let's pray. In Jesus' name. Somebody lift up your voice. I've been praying at the church, and I know there's some folks that have been going through struggles of life, but not only that, the devil has come through and begin to attack certain areas of your life. And I've come to give you word you've got to take everything you're going through and use that to fuel your fire and use that to push yourself forward. Oh, let's pray. Come on, ARC. Devil, you can strike, but just so you know, you're going to be there to help this flame go a little higher. Devil, you can go ahead and strike, but just so you know, we're going to use you as fuel. You're going to be kindling. We're going to throw you back down. They watch. Funny how the nature of the devil is to leap up and bite when everything gets hotter. But funny how the nature of some people is when others get bit. Oh, he's, he deserved that. Come on. I'm not, hey, maybe you haven't been that person, but you know that person. Oh, Job, it's cause you. Job, it's cause you're a sinner. Surely Paul is a murderer. But Paul could have looked back at him and said, used to be. Paul, you probably deserve this. And Paul could say, yeah, before the blood of Jesus, I probably I probably did deserve this. Uh, but I, I got something different uh, than what I deserve. I got mercy and I got grace. And they looked at Paul and they said, This guy is a murderer. He deserved it, and he's gonna die. Thank God for good friends. With, with friends like that, who needs enemies? This man deserves everything he's going through. But you let people watch your life long enough. See, because how you handle the storm, the struggle, how you handle serpents and things that bite you in your life, that's what determines people's ultimate view of you. Because my Bible says when they thought he should have fallen down dead, suddenly, when he should have swollen, when something should have changed and he should have gotten worse, They said, this man's a murderer. He deserves it. But he shook that off of the fire. He fueled this fire. He didn't allow himself to get bitter. He didn't allow himself to say, well, I don't deserve this and life's not fair. and So I'm just going to allow this to inject inside of me and ruin my day and ruin my month and ruin my life and ruin my walk with God. No, he handled that serpent the way everybody ought to. He shook it into the fire and he let it burn in that fire. And when they should have seen him die or swell or become affected by what he went through. Paul wasn't bitter. Paul was doing just fine. And this is the beauty of time. For some folks right now, you have been going through the storm. Some folks are in the water. And some folks have a serpent attached to their life right now. If we were to be honest, there's areas of your life where you feel like the venom has started its way, coursing through your veins and coursing through your spiritual walk with God. But I've come to give you good news here today. When you shake it off, amen, when you shake it off in that fire, that fire gets brighter, that fire gets hotter, and you only get better. You don't get worse. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody magnify him for a few moments. Come on. This isn't going to kill you. This is going to make you somebody that can endure a whole lot more. And the Bible says when nothing happened, they changed their minds. Oh, I'm going to tell you here today, there's some folks that have been watching there's people there the devil himself has been watching some folks in this church uh, saying they're about to go down uh, and it's about to get a whole lot worse uh, and they're about to keel over and die uh, but when you get done shaking that thing in the fire uh, there's going to be some minds change uh, there's going to be some opinions about your life change uh, there's I'll lift up your hands and let's pray I'm done preaching Come on let's pray let's pray Devil, you can strike, you can leap up, but you're going down, but you're going down. Devil, you can go ahead and inject your venom all you want, but my Bible says these signs shall follow them to believe. We're going to take up serpents. We take them up to throw them down. No deadly thing shall harm us. Come on, somebody. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? There's some folks that have been through the storm. They have been through problems and troubles and tribulation. And the devil has struck and he has bit. But I've come to give you good news here today. You're about to change something. Something's about to shift. There's going to be some opinions change. There's going to be some minds change. There's There's some folks, there is an opinion about you. Can I help you? There are people here tonight, whether you know it or not, there is an opinion about you. And it is not the opinion of God. Amen, somebody. It is not the opinion of God. They're going to die. They're going to get bitter. They're going to get worse. But let me tell somebody, when you shake it in the fire, You don't get worse. You don't. There's some opinions changing right now. The devil said they won't make it through. Life said they won't last. But all of a sudden, when you shake it off, all of a sudden, some opinions begin to shift. Somebody lift up your hands and begin to pray right now. You are changing the opinion around you that says, no, they don't give up that easy. No, every time you bite, they just pray more. Every time you strike, they just worship more. Come on, ARC. Come on, ARC let's pray let's pray somebody shake off what you've been going through somebody shake off what's been attacking you what's been bothering you shake it off this will not finish me this will not kill me this will fuel me this will encourage me lift up your hands and let's pray Come on, church, all across the building. Somebody lift up your voice and let's pray. In the name of Jesus, this will not destroy. This will not hurt. This will not hinder. This will fuel you. This will fuel you. This will help. This will bless. This will...
1: Somebody dance no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that we win. You can strike and you can bite but we're no coming what
0: He will fall over, swell up, and he will die. The opinion was, after what you just went through, you're about to stop moving. Rigor mortis is about to set in in your life. There's some folks been through a spiritual attack, and the devil has come by and said, this is going to seize your prayer life. This is going to seize up your worship. And there's some folks that have allowed rigor to set in. And they got set in their ways and would not move. But there's some other folks. I shook you off to prove I still got mobility. Somebody ought to worship God for no other reason than to say I'm not swollen, I'm not dead, and I'm still I'm still moving. Somebody magnify Jesus. No matter what the
1: weapon is, I want you to know that if I won't out, bring me out. If i Get you a obey, dance partner, find somebody and worship with I them and say I'm still moving.
0: few minutes. Get out of your seat and so begin to move and is, show hell. You know I still got mobility. With. I still got praise. So I still got prayer. Is, My fire's you know fuel. you've not been fighting hell somebody hadn't been going through it because if you really been going through it you'd be praising God and say I should have been dead that should have killed me but let everything that has breath I'm still breathing and I will use that breath
1: to magnify the